All right, I invite you to kneel with me. Um, I have a lot to share with you today, but we always want to ask the Lord to guide and direct us, so please kneel with me if you can. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy holy name. Father, we come before you on our knees and we praise you. We thank you for your wondrous love towards us. That you gave the most precious gift in Jesus to be our example and, and to die so that we may be forgiven. We claim his blood and ask forgiveness, Lord. We ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon your people who gathered on this most holy day to worship thee, to sing praises to thee, to study your divine word. Father, we thank you for being uh, very near to each one of us, providing for our needs, our necessities. We thank you so much that we can still worship freedom of conscience. We know what's coming on the horizon. We pray that we will learn to be faithful in these little things and in the smaller things and to have strength for the bigger trials that are ahead. Please be with those, Father, who couldn't be here today. Be very near to them that they may keep this day holy. Lord, we pray also for those who are ill and suffering. We ask that you may heal them according to thy will. And show us, Lord, how to attend to their needs. To be a blessing to them. Father, I humbly ask to give, give me the words to say and to the congregation today. Guide my thoughts that you wish to be shared. As we talk about gospel order in the family. The roles that each of us have in a family unit. I pray, Lord, that they're not my words. I pray that they be the truth and bring glory to thy name that they will help bring us into to an order that we may finish this work and hasten the return of our Lord and Savior thank you so much for Jesus and for hearing this prayer as I pray it in his name Amen Well, yes, friends, I've got a lot I want to share with you today. This is part two of our study about the biblical role of the the woman, the wife, the mother. And we will be, as I mentioned earlier today, uh, January 31st at Friday, uh, we will be rebroadcasting parts one and two, and then uh, February 1st during the Sabbath worship will be part three, which will be the last part. But uh, I hope that uh, we're all learning, we're being edified by what the Lord is um, sharing with us, teaching us. What have we learned? Just a little recap here before we get started. What have we learned so far concerning the differences between men and women? Remember we talked about one of the greatest obstacles in a marriage, and a marriage is, has been... Uh, um, is. Two people coming together, a man and a woman coming together, covenanting to start a family. That's what God blesses. Now, one of the greatest things that causes division is that we haven't been taught, for the most part, uh, the differences between men and women. And I'm not talking about the physical differences. We all can see that. But uh, emotional, mental differences 
uh, communication differences. And uh, we talked about the leader of the home. We talked about men. I went over uh, those uh, differences that women have with men. And, and in this, I've been uh, talking about the helpmate, the woman's side. I covered six things, uh, differences between men and women. First, men are more preoccupied with practicalities that can be understood through logical deduction. We're A to B, aren't we, guys? Uh, a second thing, men tend to be more conquer-oriented. Anything that can challenge our physical mental prowess, we're attracted to that. I mean, that's, that's part of our makeup. Uh, third thing, men tend to be less desirous and knowledgeable in building intimate relationships with either gender. And because of that, we can accept change much quicker than a woman who is built to be relationship-oriented. It's because women were created to be mothers, and you have relationships with your children, and they're more relationship-oriented. Some are not nurturers. That's a little different. That's a gift. Uh, A fourth thing. Men tend to be more task-oriented, less talkative, and more isolated. We don't mind going it alone. (laughs) We tend to to be that way, see. Uh, A fifth thing. Men have a more difficult time understanding emotions that are not explicitly verbalized. So ladies, you got to tell us exactly how you're feeling. Don't make us guess. We just, we're no good at guessing it. Okay? And a sixth thing, men have been wired, their brains have been wired differently, of course, than women's brains have been wired by God. And we've been wired to deal with everyday stress differently than women. You see, we compartmentalize things in our mind because we're A to B. Okay? We can't travel from box A in our mind to box B in our mind and stop at box Q and S and T at the same time. Women can. Men can't do that. But we have a compartment in our brain that we can mentally run to and think about absolutely nothing. We have the ability to think of nothing in order to get some relief from stress. It's been scientifically proven. We're wired that way to give our mind a chance to reboot. So when you come home from a hard day at work and you sit down, the wife comes over, what are you thinking about? And you really, you're zoned out, you're not thinking about anything. Now if you can understand these things, it will help with the communication. Learn the languages of men and women. We also learn two roles for the woman, the wife, the mother. First, she is the helpmeet for the man. Men and women were created equal. Okay? Don't misunderstand what the Bible's telling us here. Too many do misunderstand it. Men and women were created equal in their relationship to God and to each other. And among other things, a helpmeet, that word helpmate, helpmeet infers companionship, love, affection, and for a married couple, sexual intimacy. It's a family, you see. 
The second thing we learned, the role, is that she is to be a servant. Men and women are equal in the eyes of God, but they have different roles. Women are to submit to the man unless it places them in a position of disobeying God. Though Eve was Adam's equal, you go back to Genesis, I touched on this before, she was given a role to fulfill in submitting to him. Now there are limits to submission, like I just said. The wife is to submit herself to her husband as unto the Lord, and as it is fit in the Lord, the Bible tells us. And we find in today's world that too many husbands leave those parts out of the equation, and they think that whatever they demand of the wife is to be fulfilled. She is to submit to his will. Now there's a difference between submission and being a slave. Submission is choosing to defer to or consent to abide by the opinion or authority of another. You choose. And that's just like God, isn't it? He's given us a choice. Slave is a person held in servitude as the property of someone else. So the difference is pretty plain there. It's pretty plain. Wives are to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. Remember, they're not to be a slave. Notice this from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, page 180. God never designed that wives and mothers should be slaves to their families. Okay? That's not in God's design. That's not part of God's plan. To submit means you choose. Okay? Now, a third role of the woman, the wife, the mother, as we continue on here, is that of home manager. Not only did Adam have a work to do, but Eve also was given a work to do. She was to be his helper, wasn't she? So she's to be the manager of the home, to help the husband with the home. She's to make sure that the home is in good order and running as smoothly as possible, in good order. That's what God says, isn't it? Let's look at Uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 5 again. Paul says to be discreet. He's talking about the women here. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now that obedient to their husbands implies to be submissive to their husbands. Okay? Keepers at home, where he says there, keepers at home can be rendered workers at home. While husbands and fathers have been given primary responsibility for the leadership of their families, including their children, uh, wives and mothers are to be, as Paul says here, workers at home, meaning manager of the household. You're in charge. Okay? Their home and their children are to be their priority. Now, this is in contrast to the famous feminist movement of today, isn't it? Their emphasis is on careers and jobs for women outside outside the home. Isn't that true? That's a role reversal that God uh, um, did not design. It goes against God's plan. 
Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, ladies. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with women working outside the home unless it conflicts with the biblical responsibilities they have in managing the home, which includes the training of their children. We'll get into that a little bit later. I mean, we see in uh, Genesis 3 that Eve separated from her husband while working in the garden. Isn't that right? And that led her to the forbidden tree, which led her to the temptations of Satan. There's lessons there. Some wives neglect their husbands and homes by engaging in um, too many pursuits outside the household, or by being lax in their God-given duties when they know what they are. They tend to think that some other occupation, and I've seen this before, even, you know, uh, um, church work is better for their skills and education than the duty that uh, they have in their own home. And again, the feminist movement has played a large role in that confusion, which is exactly what Satan had in mind when he, he pushed it. It is satanic. Remember, the devil is behind uh, everything that is against God's will and God's plan for the family unit. Notice this, the Adventist home, page 246. If you ignore your duty as a wife and mother and hold out your hands for the Lord to put another class of work in them, be sure that He will not contradict Himself. He points you to the duty you have to do at home. If you have the idea that some work greater and holier than this has been entrusted to you, you are under a deception. By faithfulness in your own home, working for the souls of those who are nearest to you, you may be gaining a fitness to work for Christ in a wider field. And we'll get to that a little bit later too. I'll tell you this, friends. It's something to think about there in the garden. Had Eve remained with her husband, his presence would have been a protection to her. And the story would have doubtless have had a, you know, a different ending. I think that's something to consider when you know, ordering your home after God's plan. Remember God's promises. Okay? Always remember that you can do all things through Christ and that without Him you can do nothing. Those are exceeding great and precious promises right there. Now when you think about this too, of course the opposite problem can also exist in the home. Sometimes problems arise when wives or husbands, as far as that goes, um, are too excessive, I'll say, in their standards about their homes. They're overzealous and so the home becomes a shrine uh, to be admired and hell on earth for those who live there. You see what happens is they, they place more emphasis on the residents than on the residents. If you know what I mean. There has to be a balance in the individual and marriage life. What? Oh, 
and they place more emphasis on the residence, which is the house, the property itself, than on the residence, with a T, those who live there. <laughs> Just for clarification. And so, there, like I said, there's got to be a balance. And the Lord will direct you to be balanced. Not to be overzealous, one end, you know, one side of the road in one ditch or over into the other side in the other ditch. And uh, when you have that balance, it'll be seen in the home. Trust me with that. Trust God's plan. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 2, page 465. God has assigned woman her mission. And if she, in her humble way, yet to the best of her ability, makes a heaven of her home, faithfully and lovingly performing her duties, okay, her duties to who? To her husband and children, continually seeking to let a holy light shine from her useful, pure, and virtuous life to brighten all around her. She is doing the work left her of the Master, and will hear from his divine lips the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Friends, I don't know about you, but I want to hear those words. Don't you want to hear those words? Let me ask you, does everyone want to go to heaven? Sure. Is your home a little heaven on earth? Is it a place where your family loves to come home to? Husbands. Do you want to go home after work or would you rather be somewhere else? Huh? I think that's a serious question for the ladies to consider while contemplating their role and home duties. See, what's happened is, among other things, the world's ways have infiltrated our families and, the ter- and, and, and through families to the church to such a degree that they fashion themselves after the wrong standard. Our children are not being trained after God's plan for the home, and, and so many women or wives and mothers, well, really they're ignorant of their true calling and duty, so they naturally, and probably the majority of the time unknowingly, give in to the cultural teachings that are actually against the Creator, against God's plan for the home, the family. But there's got to be some standard bearers. Where are the standard bearers of Christian family order? I think it's pretty glaring that there are far more Jezebels than Proverbs 31 women. Sad to say. But I have hope for the saints, friends, as God doesn't leave us to languish. He sends the Spirit to enlighten those who will heed His voice. Are we going to heed His voice? Are we going to learn? Are we going to learn about ourselves? Are we going to learn about what role God has for us in our family? And are we going to obey God? Many of our habits and traditions, you see, have been passed down from one generation to the other. The bad and the good. Did you know that it was the duty of the women and mothers in ancient Israel to prepare the young women for wifely duties and keeping a godly home? This is what Paul's reminding Titus to be diligent about when teaching the church. We find it in Titus chapter 2. This is what Paul was 
was counseling Titus about. A reminder. Titus chapter 2 verse 1 But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, that actually is better rendered dignified, Uh, to be sober, to be dignified, uh, temperate, you know, prudent, sound-minded, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers. That's a problem I've seen more and more today with these social networks that are out. Uh, there's a lot of gossiping and slandering actually that's going on. It's becoming too, too common. And this is what Paul's telling Titus. He said, you know, teach them and remind these age women that they are to behave as become, well, becomes holiness. Not being false accusers, you know, slanderers, gossipers. Not given to much wine. It's an interesting note. You know, for the men, the aged men were to be sober, and the women here were not to be uh, given to much wine. The area in which Titus was at, these were people who had come out of a lot of paganism. And there was a lot of wine drinking <laughs> to excess. And so these were steps to overcome such things. See, as they their behavior was changed, they were to be putting away the wine, you see. But he goes on, he says, they're to be teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, talking about social media. Not much of that going on anymore, is there? Being discreet? Especially our young people. They can't wait to put whatever is happening posted to the world. I shudder sometimes at things I see. Teach them to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home good, obedient to their own husbands that the Word of God not be blasphemed as we you know, we uh, touched on before. But this was passed down. Paul's reminding Titus to, uh, to make sure that the older men and the, the elders, you would say, men and women, fulfill their duty in teaching and behaving in holiness as an example to the young and to teach them specific things. From the Ministry of Healing, page 185. She says, A knowledge of the duties pertaining to housewifery was considered essential for every woman, and skill in these duties was regarded as an honor to the women of the highest station. What do we see today? The world says that to be a housewife or homemaker is the lowest pedestal a woman can have in life. It's the complete opposite. The world teaches that she must strive, as does the man, to have a career outside the home. Well, friends, God's Word tells us that a homemaker is the greatest of all occupations a woman can have. (laughs) 
There's some counsel. Proverbs 14, verse 1. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Isn't that interesting? No household can be happy and strong unless a wise, diligent, and godly woman who's learning from Christ controls it. When the woman of the house is foolish, not only will she neglect to order the house aright, but also her foolish behavior, what's it going to do? It's going to stir up strife within and without the home. And then that's going to cause disorder and disunity of the family. And friends, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? Isn't that what we see in the world today? Women have made careers outside the home and how's the family? Family unit is being destroyed. You know, I grew up, my dad, helping my dad in certain jobs. We've built homes before. And when building a home, you have to have the right foundation. If you build upon a faulty foundation, what can happen to the home? Well, it can be swept away, Jesus said, when the storm comes. Well, I'll tell you, the foundation for a happy home is the law of God written in the hearts of the family. And this is to be the foundation that everything in the home is built upon, the character of Christ. If you take a look at the law of God, you'll notice that it is really a very simple communication from God to man. Only God can do that. Only God can pack so much in so little. At Sinai, God wrote His law on two tables of stone by using very few words. It was a very simple communication from God to us. Simplicity, I think, at its best. Now, considering that, ladies, I have a suggestion for you. Get back to basics and make everything as simple as possible. Testimonies for the Church, page 415. She's speaking, uh, giving counsel to a gentleman. She says, Your wife should cultivate simplicity in all her actions. Simplicity. You know, we tend to get bogged down by having too many steps in the processes of daily life, don't we? becomes a burden. So begin to order your home in the simplest ways possible and you'll start to see a huge difference in the, the way the home operates. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Notice this. Acts of the Apostles, page 532. And, and, and I want to encourage you. It's a process. It's not going to be changed overnight. But when you accept Jesus... He begins to change you. And He doesn't wave a magic wand and poof, you're perfect immediately. No, it's a process, isn't it? Here's some encouragement. She says, The work of transformation from unholiness to holiness is a continuous one. Day by day, God labors for man's sanctification. And man is to cooperate with Him, putting forth persevering efforts in the cultivation of right habits. What are we to cultivate? Right habits. Righteousness. Okay? He is to add grace to grace. And as he thus works on the plan of addition, God works for him on the plan of multiplication. Our Savior is always ready. I love this, friends. He's always ready to hear and answer the prayer of the contrite heart. And grace and peace are multiplied to his faithful ones. 
Gladly He grants them the blessings they need in their struggle against the evils that beset them. This is wonderful. So you see, as you go about the duties of managing your home according to the will of God, remember that the Lord will multiply your blessings. Now, you know, we're not a bunch of robots. We were created as individuals. Each home is different. It's going to have its own personal touches, you know. Everybody has their own preferences. But the principle of order and the responsibilities of the woman, the wife, the mother are the same. Now, if this seems like it's just overwhelming for you right now. And you just don't know where to, to start. Let me share with you the best place to begin. Morning and evening prayer and worship with the family. That's the best place to begin. How can you go wrong with that? Start there with a, a schedule of set times. And again, it's going to be different for every family. Every family. You know, the husband works a different job or the wife or whatever it may be. You can figure this out for your home. But start there with a schedule of set times and the Lord's going to help you to order your home if you're persistent in advancing with the light that He shares. We read before, the home is to be a little heaven on earth for all the family members. And in order for this to happen, the home manager must be devoted to her husband. She has to be devoted to the needs of her family in all godliness, as unto the Lord, remember. And we can see this addressed in the account of the virtuous woman that is described in Proverbs chapter 31. In Proverbs 31, verses 11 and 12, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Huh? What? And I'm having a hard time hearing. Um, well, he doesn't have to fend for himself necessarily. Okay? He doesn't have to have his own things. It's a family. She handles it. He trusts her. There's a lot implied in these two, two verses. A lot, of, a lot of things that we can pick, pick out. The wife is to make it her constant business to do her husband good. And she's to be afraid of doing anything, even accidentally, that may displease him. Now remember, she's to behave toward her husband as unto the Lord. Don't misconstrue what's being what I'm what I'm saying here. What's being said? Um, what Christian? Let me ask you: What Christian wife wants to displease the Lord? Displease the Lord Jesus? Okay, you you see the context I'm speaking in here. The problem is that many Christian women are careless in how they treat their husbands, and we are kind of like men, you know, we are kind of like grown children in many respects. <laughs> yeah, she's giving me a thumbs up there. We are. And you got to... You, you can't be careless. <laughs> right. 
But see, a wife shows her love to her husband not by a foolish display of, of romanticism, uh, but by prudent endearments. You know, accommodating herself to his temper, uh, avoiding crossing him by unwise actions and words. This is what we do as Christians in our relationship with Christ. We don't want to, to act in a way that displeases our Savior or speak words uh, to the same effect. Proverbs 31, verse 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of what? Kindness. A wife is to speak with kind words. I'd say a wife and mother. And not speak inflammatory ones. You know, especially toward her husband. Pardon me? Or degrading. Yeah, what, you know. She is to consider how to make his life easier. God created you ladies to be his helper, his helpmate. You know, she's to consider uh, how to provide what is fit for him both in health and sickness and uh, attends to him with diligence and tenderness if he's ill. You mentioned being ill. Yeah, we can be big babies when we're ill. It's a lesson in patience, isn't it? <laughs> the idea here is that she's not to do anything that might damage him, the family, you know, uh, their estate, or their reputation. And she gladly does all this, not only because of real love towards him, but also to please the Lord. For ultimately, all our good works are to be unto the Lord. Isn't that true? So the primary mission of the home manager is to create an atmosphere of heaven in the home. To do this effectually, she's got to be devoted to God. Doesn't that make sense? She's got to be devoted to her husband. She's got to be devoted to the needs of her family within the bounds of righteousness as unto the Lord. Now what are some of the areas of home management that fall within the role of the woman, the wife, the mother? Let's get down to some details. <laughs> well, notice this statement, and I'll get into more detail too. The Adventist Home, page 87 to 89. Every young lady should be so educated that if called to fill the position of wife and mother, she may preside as a queen in her own domain. She should be fully competent to guide and instruct her children and to direct her servants, that is, if she has any, or, if need be, to minister with her own hands to the wants of her household. It is her right to understand the mechanism of human, the human body and the principles of hygiene, the matters of diet and dress, labor and recreation, and countless others that intimately concern the well-being of her household. It is her right to obtain such a knowledge of the best methods of treating disease that she can care for her children in sickness instead of leaving her precious treasures in the hands of stranger nurses and physicians. Idleness is a sin, and ignorance of common duties is the result of folly. What does that mean? Ignorance of common duties is the result of folly. That means when you could be spending time being educated, you're using that time in, in ways that are folly, that are worthless, basically. Doing things that don't amount to much. 
wasting time, whatever it may be. She says, Idleness is a sin, and ignorance of common duties is the result of folly, which after life will give ample occasion to bitterly regret. It is indispensable that she learn to make good bread. I found that interesting. That she learns to make good bread, to fashion neatly fitting garments, and to perform efficiently the many duties that pertain to homemaking. I'll tell you, uh, I've said it before, I'm sure, I'm the product of the public school system. But when I was in school, we had home economic classes. <laughs> I mean, when I was in elementary school, I remember taking home ec. And we not only learned how to cook and clean, but also a bit of sewing, too. Now, I don't know. I've been out of school for a long time. But uh, I'm not sure such classes are offered anymore. Our society really is built on convenience anymore. You know, fast food, boxes, cans, those kinds of things. I mean, I have a sister who... Primarily, they just eat out all the time. It's always been that way. But I want to tell you, ladies, that God's role for the woman is so much more noble. It's detailed. And and because it's so noble and, and because of the details, we can see why it was the duty for the aged women of Israel to teach the young ladies how to keep a home. You had to learn. Now, a number of things uh, are learned as you grow up. You see, you know, your your dad or you see your parents doing certain things and you learn that way. Uh, a number of these things were actually taught in the school of the prophets. You know. But many of, the, many of these duties are missing in homes today. We see the breakdown of the family unit. Happiness is missing in our homes, friends, because we cut God out of the details. So, speaking of the manager, I've, I've listed seven you know, detailed areas that are responsibilities of the woman, the wife, and the mother in managing the home. Now, there are more, of course, but I think probably they'd fall under one of these seven areas of responsibility. So, I'm going to go through them here. And I'm going to go. I'm going to try to go rather fast because uh, I have a lot to share. <laughs> okay, we'll call this. This is the third role of the the wife, uh, the woman, the wife, and the mother. And this is part A, I'd say. Three A. The home manager must be orderly, knowing how to organize, supervise, and delegate household duties and recreation. First Corinthians fourteen forty. Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. And we've learned in our, our studies here of gospel order that the Creator is a God of order. And we are to resemble Him. We are to have order. Individually and as a family, as a church. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 2, page 299. A wife and mother cannot make home agreeable and happy unless... Okay... This is kind of one of those conditionals, isn't it? If then, you can't make home agreeable and happy unless she possesses a love for order, preserves her dignity, she serves the Lord, see, preserves her dignity, and has good government. 
Therefore, all who fail on these points should begin at once to educate themselves in this direction and cultivate the very things wherein wherein is their greatest lack. So begin to, to see where you're lacking in, in bringing your home, managing your home, bringing it into order, and start to educate yourself in that line to be better at it. That's a good principle for everybody. Proverbs 31.27 She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. The wife is to govern, you see, the household duties and chores. She's to inspect the behavior and, and uh, working ways of her servants, if she has servants, that she may make adjustments. Now, this isn't some big thing. This big, you know, once you get, the thing is, once you get your home into order, it's much easier to keep it in order. The hard part, and the most work, is getting it into order. Okay. Uh, from Daughters of God, page 188, you should improve every opportunity you have for reaching a higher standard. Always improving. You know, that's, that's one thing that uh, you see in capitalism. Because people want to make the most money, you're always trying to, to find a way to streamline so that you have more profit. See, Same type of principle here. Improve your opportunity for reaching a higher standard. Okay? We should be looking for ways to improve our life and home, uh, beloved, to the glory of God. Amen? Notice this, the Adventist Home, page 496. There are modes of recreation which are highly beneficial to both mind and body. And enlightened, discriminating mind will find abundant means for entertainment and diversion from sources not only innocent, but instructive. Recreation in the open air, the contemplation of the works of God in nature, will be of the highest benefit. Of course, that's talking about, you know, not only are you to organize, supervise, and delegate household duties and chores and stuff, but also plan for times of recreation. You see, life and home is not just about work, work, and work. There's got to be time for rest, for relaxation, recreation to keep a person, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy. The Sabbath day is a reminder that we need to be recreated, isn't it? Praise God. Here's another one. 3B. The home manager is to be industrious, knowing how to work with her own hands in the production of goods that sustain the family. Let's look at Scriptures. Proverbs 31, verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Verse 19. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. Okay. That's you know, producing material. The home manager doesn't ignore work. However hard it may be. It's not to be ignored. If it's honest work which benefits her family, then she'll do it. And she does not consider it beneath her dignity. It's for her family. It's for the Lord. Now this can be work in the home or a job out of the home as long as it doesn't interfere with her role and duties in God's plan. Proverbs 31, verse 24. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth gir uh, girdles unto the merchant. 
There's a principle here. The home manager, see, lays in store. Whether it's financially, you know, has savings, uh, food, canning food or freezing food or whatever it may be, etc. She lays in store for her family and sometimes, you know, trade it or sell you know, it if funds are needed. I'll tell you this. Those that take plain, uh, uh, great pains to prosper when they're capable will have the pleasure and joy of the increase later in life when, when they're old. I'm getting there. <laughs> 3C. The home manager is a health care provider. Having knowledge of the body and implementing proper aid and hygiene. Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Well, how do you know if you're fearfully and wonderfully made unless you've studied physiology? You have a knowledge of the body. What the organs are for, the different systems, etc. Exodus 19, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. I was sent some uh, stuff, an email about a man who hasn't uh, bathed in 60 years. I saw a picture of it. I'm amazed the guy's alive. He's like a walking dirt clod. That's not what God has for us. We're to be clean. Jesus came and shed His blood so that we may be cleansed of our sins. Proper hygiene. John 9 verse 7. Jesus here said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. In other words, he was blind but now could see. I mean, we've all heard the saying, haven't we? Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not in the Bible, by the way, but the principle is good personal hygiene promotes good health. Notice this, the Adventist home. Page 89. The principles of hygiene as applied to diet. Isn't that interesting? As applied to diet. Exercise. The care of children. The treatment of the sick. And many like matters should be given much more attention than they ordinarily receive. We have so many conveniences today, don't we? that they didn't have uh, years and years ago, or even in, in Ellen White's time. You know, we have water heaters that automatically heat the water. Or before, you had to have a fire, you know, or on the stove, you had to heat the water up. You had to, there was a lot more work involved. We have no excuses for not keeping ourselves clean, or our clothes clean, or our homes clean, or you know, good hygiene. The Adventist Home, page 263. All parents have it in their power to learn much concerning the care and prevention and even the treatment of disease. Especially ought the mother to know what to do in common cases of illness in her family. She should know how to minister to her sick child. 
Her love and insight should fit her to perform services for for it which could not so well be trusted to a stranger's hand. Children, when they're injured or they become ill, are nurtured by their mother. That's the way God designed it. In order to do some of the things, you've got to be educated. You've got to educate yourself in the use of God's plan. Natural remedies. That's according to His will. What He's laid out to heal the family. It also opens the door to minister to others in need who, who have health issues. It's the right arm of the third angel's message, friends. Health reform. 3D. The home manager is the head cook. Basically, she runs the kitchen. She provides nutritional food. She oversees the preparation of the meals and the cleanup. Proverbs 31, verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. The word for meat there is is food. As we go through here in Proverbs 31, you'll notice that the wife is to be the opposite of the sluggard. And we read about the sluggard in Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? And we read in verse 15, Proverbs 31, 15, She riseth also while it is yet night. What's the sluggard do? Sleep in. The question is, when are you going to get up? Verse 10, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. An armed man's going to steal it from you. You're sleeping. But we notice the Proverbs 31 example, she rises early, she takes care of her family. She feeds every one of them so that none, not even her servants, again, that's if she has servants, um, have a reason to complain of being kept short or not receiving what they need. You know, the gift of hospitality goes a long way towards this too. Uh, From Christian Temperance and Bible Hygiene, page 74. The cook fills an important place in the household. She is preparing food to be taken into the stomach to form brain, bone, and muscle. The health of all the members of the family depends largely upon her skill and intelligence. You know, there's an old saying that goes, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. You heard that before? There's some truth to that saying. There is. Knowing how to cook is a needed skill in the Christian family, and the primary cook is to be the woman, the wife, the mother. That doesn't mean the man is to stay out of the kitchen, or the kids can't cook, but God placed the primary responsibility for the kitchen upon the wife and the mother. That is her tool shop. A man, well, I'll speak for myself, I like to have a tool shop, a workshop. The kitchen is her workshop. And years ago, my wife would say, you know, it would be nice to have this, you know, appliance or that appliance or this attachment or that. And I'd be like, yeah, right, we got knives, we can cut. But when I help her in the kitchen, it dawned on me one day, the Lord helped me to see this, 
that she needs tools to do her work just like I need tools to do my work. And so that's what we do. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 2, page 370. It is your duty to know how to cook. And it is your duty to teach your daughters to cook. When you're teaching them the art of cookery, you are building around them a barrier that will preserve them from the folly and vice which they may otherwise be tempted to engage in. I prize my seamstress. I value my copyist. But my cook who knows well how to prepare the food to sustain life and nourish brain, bone, and muscle, fills the most important place among the helpers in my family. 3E The home manager is a seamstress. She provides and repairs modest apparel for the family. She's not into fashion, friends. Oh, I could preach on that for a good while, but modest apparel. Exodus 35, verses 25 and 26. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. Now, of course, this is speaking about providing the materials for the tabernacle. But you notice that the, a lot of the wise women in Israel knew how to do this. Proverbs 31, three verses here. Verse 19, She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. We read that before. Verse 21, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She's providing, you see. Verse 24, She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Read that as well. So, the wife, through the Holy Spirit, as she becomes educated, can discern what is biblically good and modest apparel and provides that to her household. She can mend as well as make, is the principle. When I grew up, my sisters, I mean, they made their own dresses. Mom taught them how to... Now, of course, they went to the fabric store and bought the fabric and the pattern, and they cut the material out, and they sewed it together. I... I don't know too many people to do that anymore. You, you go to the, the store and buy your dresses. I love my wife when she repairs my shirts. That draws me closer to her. The Adventist Home, page 485. Let the members of poor households be taught how to cook, how to make and mend their own clothing, how to nurse the sick, how to care properly for the home. Are you seeing the principle here? ladies and husbands. 3F What's that? Well, it seems that way, but it really isn't. Like I said, my wife is over there saying, and see, that's not the proper way to even look at it. My wife's saying, no, I know you're not whining. I know you're not whining. But when you start to look at things that way, what's that tell you? Boy, God's unfair. He's really unloading on me and the husband doesn't have much to do. That's not a proper way to see it. 
Of course, I'm saying that as a man, and so my, my view might be a little different if I was a lady. I don't know. It, it, it is a lot. But, you, but like I said before, one, the hard part is getting it in order. Once you get your system laid out, you get it in order, you'll see how easy it really is. In fact, it becomes a temptation to be more idle. So, you know. 3F. The home manager is a maid attending to the house cleaning, laundry, care for family members, and any duties pertaining to household care. Now, manager. She's a manager. doesn't mean, honey, that she's got to do every single thing. The children play a part. They're expected to. The husband plays a part. He's expected to. Okay? They all live in the same home. Okay? 1 Timothy 5, verse 14. Well, yeah, we are, we're here by ourselves anymore, right? 1 Timothy 5.14 I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Guide the house. It literally means manage household affairs. So she's to be an asset to her husband and, and to order the affairs of the home that, you know, so that health and joy are found there. The little heaven on earth, see? So she makes sure that the house is kept up to God's standards. And I will mention, again, I'll emphasize it again, that the husband and children aren't left out of the loop when it comes to household duties. It's up to the manager to oversee the workload, though. Work in cooperation with the family. You know, like, like you did, you... You had a schedule set up and the kids took turns doing different chores. That teaches them how to keep their own home, which they have now, sort of. <laughs> They're not in our home anymore. So, 3G, the home manager will be a good steward. She will know how to maintain a budget and control expenditures to live within the means of the family. John, chapter 6. Verse 11 and 12. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Verse 12 is interesting. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. We're talking about leftovers here, aren't we? Notice this from Gospel Workers, page 459. Habits of self-indulgence or a want of tact and skill on the part of the wife and mother may be a constant drain upon the treasury. And yet that mother may think she's doing her best because she has never been taught to restrict her wants or the wants of her children and has never acquired skill and tact in household matters. Hence, one family may require for its support twice the amount that would suffice for another family of the same size. Here's another one. The Review and Herald, December 8, 1885. All should learn how to keep accounts. Some neglect this work as non-essential, but this is wrong. All expenses should be accurately stated. This is something that many of our workers will have to learn. So basically, a, a, a good steward knows how to budget. And I'll tell you, uh, guys, it, it's good to 
do these things together with your wife. I've been lacking in that respect to a degree. Proverbs 31, verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. So, speaking about how you lay out your home and how you furnish your home, the woman is to use good judgment in furnishing her home with you know, homemade uh, items or purchased coverings that are within her means. Not extravagance. Not luxury. The Adventist home, page 150. Furnish your home with things plain and simple. Things that will bear handling. That can be easily kept clean and that can be replaced without great expense. By exercising taste, you can make a very simple home attractive and inviting if love and contentment are there. A little heaven on earth for me is to come home and it's comfortable. It's a place I want to be. I like coming home. My wife has made it a comfortable place. No stress. Well, I'm going to stop there. I was going to get into the fourth roll. Uh, but we're we're a bit over on our time. But what have we learned so far in the role of the woman? She is the helpmeet for the man. She is to be a servant, and she's to be the manager of the home. Those are three things. We'll get into. Um, what do I have? I have four more things to share. And we'll do that the the next time we get together. I'll close out uh, today by sharing with you Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. And whatsoever you do, this is for all of us, beloved, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So whatever your role is, you men, you ladies, even the children, we'll get to the roles of the children, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And remember that with Christ all things are possible. And I guarantee you, once you get things organized, it's going to be some work. It won't take as much work once things are organized to keep things up. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this Holy Sabbath day. We thank you for your holy word, the inspired counsel. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with our our dear ladies. Be with the men as well. As we learn these principles, the roles that you have for us, the differences between us, we may have right communication that we can work together to bring our families into gospel order and that we can bring order to the church and finish the mission you've given to us. Strengthen our faith. Help us to persevere and be a light to those around us. We thank you so much for Jesus and for this Sabbath. Please continue to bless us. We pray in His, His name. Amen.